All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Uh, Brandon, the only thing I have to say is uh, that is the worst offensive line performance in NFL history. You know, you know, like, and not even modern. Like in the you know, in the over hundred years they've been playing this game. Uh, yeah, that's that's just it's it's gross. It, it's like I say gross every single time I come on this show, but. but that, this was, time that like, was painful. Like, yeah, that was that, painful, like, dude. You're 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 better off just putting five traffic cones in, in in the place of the lineman, and then just letting Daniel Jones have at it that way. Because, I mean, it was same effect. Basically, I mean, what was it? They said ten sacks on the broadcast. I think it was eleven. It's eleven. It was eleven. It finished with eleven. Good God. The record was 14, by the way, and that was set back in 1952. Oh, by the oh. yeah, no, yeah. no, it's the single worst. Yeah, the the league has changed so much. Jesus yeah, so Christ. I mean, it, but I mean that that 11 sacks, we can basically call that the record because back then it, things were a lot different. So that I mean, that is disgusting. Yeah. Geez, I just and also there was there was another thing too. Daniel Jones became the First, I think first quarterback, yeah, first quarterback to be sacked ten times and throw a pick six in a game since 1985. What the hell? Yeah, the Giants have not scored a touchdown this season yet. That that's just, it's I don't pathetic. believe four in four games. Have they really not? I don't think so. I mean, they have a win. How the hell did they win that game? Defense? Or I think it's oh it's at home. My bad, because there's two home games. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 at home at, at home yeah. At home to- they haven't scored a touchdown. I'm like yeah they total are. total amount of time the Giants have he- have held the lead this season 19 seconds. <laughs> and that was in the Cardinals game. Yep, that was at the end of the Cardinals game for 19 seconds. Yeah. The Giant, the Giants have a total of how many points on the season? In four games, they have thirty-one plus three, it's thirty-four plus twelve is forty-six. They have forty-six points in four games. Good God! Oh, it's, it's abysmal. Forty-six and... points. Can you, can you imagine? Like forty-six points should be scored in, in no less than two games, and it's scored in four. In the span of no, a no, month, no more than two. In the span of yeah. one month. One month. And that comes out, Giants fans, that comes out to 11.5 points a game. Jesus. Flipping A. Um, really quick, this team made the playoffs last year. Can you explain yeah, what's said, gone wrong here? I said the exact same thing to my grandfather watching the game. I said, I, said, I feel bad for Brian Dable because what can he do? Like, this team did make the playoffs last year, and they, they had they, – I mean, it was roughly the same team. I mean – uh, you know what went wrong? No Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Saquon I think Bar- that's pretty simple. Yeah, Sa- Saquon Barkley is this team. It, if he goes, they go. Saquon Barkley, like the New York Giants team photo, should just be him. <laughs> him it's and Brian Dable. Yeah, but like, <sighs> and you're telling me that you want to pay Saquon Barkley one year twelve million, and you want to pay Daniel Jones four years forty mil a year. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. That's- I, 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 
I mean, that that I mean, you can look at it both ways though. Like they had to pay somebody. I mean, but the problem is Saquon is always hurt. So if either you pay the guy that's healthy and who's not good, or you pay the guy that's great but always hurt. So either, either like no matter what the Giants did, they were gonna lose here because they just the the way that team's constructed, it's 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 just so poor. It's so poor. What what I'm gonna say here is I don't really want to bash Daniel Jones a ton tonight. Because this game wasn't his fault, really. Yeah, yeah. We, this, this... we can't even like. I get it. We've we've talked to death about how bad Daniel Jones is. I don't think tonight's the night, just because we didn't see anything from him. I mean, minus could, that it, pick six, as... minus oh. the pick six. There's nothing else to say for Daniel Jones. What it is to say is that yeah. offensive line is the single worst offensive line in the history of this league. Yeah, and. And they didn't it's have like, Andrew Thomas. My apologies. They didn't have Andrew Thomas. They didn't have any of their starters. We're talking about the Giants' backups here. And it was still yeah. atrocious. Andrew Thomas but couldn't problem, help this at all. Continue. But the but the problem is, even if their starters are in, I don't think this game changes a whole lot. Because even with the starters in, this, that offensive line is not good. So, I mean, it's it's better. They at least probably make it a competitive game. But I think it would still be a, a double-digit loss. So, I mean... And on top of that, what do we always say? You know, the best ability is availability. Their offensive linemen are always hurt. Yep. There you go. So, so, you know, if you can't, you know, if you can't stay on the field, and then if the guys on the field can't produce, you you basically have to blow it up. They're gonna have to blow it up at some point because it's just it's not working. Their receivers are inconsistent at best. That's being generous. Um. Uh, Darren Waller is a waste of freaking money. Oh my God! Uh, Do you see? He had one catch, and a lineman had one catch. You flipping yeah. kidding me? What did he only have? Like I think it was what three, four catches in the game total. Ah, uh, look, but I think you're I know, right. But but those but the but those two or three catches came in one drive in garbage time. Yeah, with like five minutes left to go in the game. Yeah, didn't matter. So real, so really, he only had one catch, one target, and one catch. Are you out of your mind? And you know what's funny? Like I said, in the, like I said in our group chat, that's what won me. That's what won me fantasy. I was projected to lose in fantasy. My team put up 191 points this week, but I was projected Jesus to lose fuck. in fantasy. Are you playing PPR? Yeah. Holy shit! Did yeah, you but you know what? Nine one. Yep. Holy shit! And my opponent, he was supposed to beat me. If Waller and, and Jigbo would have done what they what they would know what you would think they would do. He was gonna he was gonna beat me by about um twenty points. I won by four. Because Jig, Smith and Jigba did nothing and uh Waller only had one catch basically. So I literally won in fantasy by the skin of my teeth. But uh Darren yeah. Waller, three receptions for twenty one yards. Yeah, that's it. Noah Fant, two receptions for sixty three. Oh, and guess what? Get him the damn ball. Same thing with Kyle Pitts. Get these guys the damn ball. It's even worse so for my stupid. opponent that he. By the way, I have to make this fantasy point. It's even worse for my opponent that he lost to me because you know who was on his team. And who, I told McCaffrey? you yesterday, McCaffrey, Richardson, and Puka. And he still fucking lost. Who's on your team? And he lost. Uh, I had Purdy's, but the thing is, my running backs were more consistent, like because he had Brees Hall as his second running back. Oh Jesus! But I, but I had Swift. Uh, 
at, but my my receivers were better. I had Diggs and Smith. Um, he had the better uh third wide receiver. He had Christian Watson. I had Robert Woods, but Watson only got ten points. And then because Waller did nothing, and then my tight end uh is my other tight end is well I have Pat Fryermuth and I have Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas got seven point three points. His other tight end only got one point one. Who's who and then his tight end? Luke Musgrave. Oh, because he got hurt. Fuck. You know. Yeah. And then and then my and then my flex went off. Isaiah Pacheco got almost twenty five points. Finally he did something. So, so so he got and then get and then I had Sam Howell as my uh my super flex. He had Smith and Jigba and then Jigba did nothing. And then my kicker also went off because my kicker was Harrison Bucker. He got me seventeen points. I want to so, look because I forgot to check. So I decided against the Seahawks defense in fantasy this week. Oh, you shouldn't have. They got twenty nine points. Twenty nine points. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, what? eleven sack, eleven sacks in the pick six. Jesus Christ. And and they only gave up three points. So they Jeez. they basically had nine. So they basically started the game with what nine points because you count the three points against them, and then each sack is a point, so that's twenty. And the pick six, twenty or twenty, yeah, interception, which was like twenty two, and I think, and the touchdown, and the, or twenty three, yeah, and then the and then the yeah, so twenty nine points. Freaking a! Oh my god! Yep. Jesus! Wow! I don't think. That, is there anything else you want to add? I I I don't have anything. That that was gross. <laughs> all all I'm gonna say is that, you know. That didn't tell us who the Seahawks are. Like they should have won that they game. Didn't, they did, they, that didn't tell me anything on, C- yeah. on the Seahawks. All that told me, nothing. all that told me, is that this defense, with the well, I mean, I still have issues with the cover three, but this yep. defense with the right pressure on the quarterback can be really good. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if they can consistently do that yet. I haven't seen yeah. that yet, and tonight doesn't matter. I didn't learn anything really. So it's funny, and Jamal look, Adams uh, is going to be back. What are they in by next week? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought Seattle was in by week yeah, nine. So they'll, they'll be back. Yeah, Seattle's on by next week. Yeah, and, and they then, have a really easy schedule after that. Yeah, so we're not going to know anything about the Seahawks until Thanksgiving because their, their schedule is so easy. Bengals, Cardinals, Bengals, Cardinals, Browns. Maybe we'll learn something. Ravens yeah. will definitely learn something. And then, yeah, we're going to learn a couple things, but not for the next couple of weeks, unless yeah. the Bengals don't... can do something redeemable. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Commanders will be a tough test because Seahawks defense and Phillies defense is roughly the same. And then yeah. and Washington, shred- and Washington shredded that Eagles defense yesterday. Yeah. That's so... the only one of the games I've read that I'm like, at least early, early from the bye. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, want to quickly touch on the Jets game um, that we're recording during. I-, I said this about Zach Wilson before. I think you might have as well. Zach Wilson, if he just plays fundamental pitch and catch football, it's pretty great. Yeah. But, but he when they doesn't simplify the game. When yeah. they simplify the game for him, but they don't do it every week. Yeah. Well, I think now, now that they saw how that game went, that's got to be the game plan moving forward. Give him, give him. Make everything easy. You know, one or two reads, throw the ball away, and then same thing, or, or hand the ball off. I, but do, do you think? But do you think they're gonna do that though? 
No, because the Jets are not are not that competent. <laughs> so I don't I don't think I don't think they will. I mean they they should. I'm like like if I'm coaching that team, I don't care what anyone else says or says around me. That game showed me that you can stand up to to a to a Super Bowl contending team. Well, after that game, I don't think the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders. Sorry, Chiefs fans, not happening. I don't I don't um, know how I feel about the Chiefs right now. I think jury's still out. But as you mentioned yesterday, I'm gonna repeat exactly what you said yesterday because that's what I thought watching the game or looking rewatching it again. Um, he, Mahomes doesn't have any trust in his receivers minus Kelsey. And it's yeah. very clear. This is what you said yesterday. I'm just repeating yep. it. That's all. That's all. That's all I learned about the Chiefs from yesterday. Yeah. So like it was crazy. Like last year we said, you know, if you can take away Kelsey, you know, you can beat them. And you know the Eagles didn't do that in the Super Bowl, and they paid for it. But if they would have done that, I guarantee the Eagles win that game. If you can take away Travis Kelsey, like like the Jets did yesterday, you can beat them. And you can force Mahomes to make mistakes because he'll hold on to that ball and he'll be looking for Kelsey because no one else is going to catch the ball. And what happened last night, he threw he threw three picks. One of them got called back. So two and picks. All of, really and great. all of them were awful. All of them yeah, were and atrocious. It, and all of them were just absolute floaters that my grandmother could have picked off. So, so I mean, like, you know, and, and then the worst part about it, Patrick Mahomes, I know he's a confident dude, but you cannot act all cocky on that slide to end the game. You played like crap, bro. I, I kind like of agree. Crap. Yeah. You played like crap, and you barely lost. You almost lost that damn you game. Probably, have... if it was any other football team, you would have lost. I'm gonna yeah, be honest. Almost any other football team. And he's sitting there. He pops up out of the slide, acting like God, bro. bro it's not like you threw for four. Look, first of all, you screwed me on my bet, so f you. Um. You, but... you made the Taylor Swift bet. You bet Kelsey, and it screwed you over. Yeah, but if if he would have been a competent quarterback yesterday, he would have that, that bet probably hits. Um, yeah. Um, but it's just like I I have a real pro like I really hope that Patrick Mahomes I mean hasn't gotten a complex now because that was a real arrogant way to end that game. Like, I, you know, he's sitting there acting like God. It's like you 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 threw two picks. Really should have been three. One was called back. So you threw three interceptions. And I disagreed with the callback, by the way. It, they were just hand fighting. Yeah, it, that's what it looked like to me. I mean, I I didn't watch it. Full, like, I didn't slow it down and actually watch it. Like, why, I just saw it, the, the replay and glanc- glancing past it. But I'm like, oh, you don't call that there. I don't No, think. you don't call it. No, 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 but, no, no. No, dude. But, uh, it was just hand fighting. I watched that play over and over. They just hand fought. This should not yeah. be called. And then, the and then like... You know, and it's just on top on top of just the the three picks, really. Like, let's let's do just a quick look at the rest of the stats. I think he threw for less than sixty percent. He wasn't good across the board I think at all. He finished with sixty eight. Oh, and, six. and oh no, and, I, I see it. And Zach Wilson threw for like what eighty some. Like Zach Wilson had a better game than you, and you're sitting there celebrating like you're God. Like, well, okay, how, what you was won. what was Wilson's completion percentage? Uh, well, Mahomes was sixty on the dot. His was sixty exactly. Jesus. Um, right. and that's and for Patrick Mahomes, that's garbage. For any quarterback, that's garbage. But for, especially for him, that's terrible. Uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was almost seventy-two. Jesus. Seventy-two. He also had more yards. Mahomes barely had two hundred. He had two hundred three. Wilson had two forty-five. Also, Mahomes' passer rating I think was sixty-three, and uh, Wilson's was one hundred five point two. 
God damn. Wow. And 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 Zach Wilson had two TDs, no picks. Russell Wilson had uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had one TD, two picks. Really should have been three. Yeah, it absolutely should have been three. That was a stupid call. And that would have changed that, the complexion of that whole game too at the end. Yep. Yeah, because that game was was close. So, you know, so Mahomes has the audacity. You know, that's what that's what people say. You know, he got bailed out by the refs. They absolutely did. Otherwise, the Jets probably if, – if that pick stands, I guarantee you, I think the Jets win that game. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, let's talk about some penalty stuff um, from the week. Um, you and I had this conversation on the phone for a few weeks. We knew we were going to bring it up at some point. Get rid of the sportsman like taunting penalty. Just get rid of it. It's, it, it's, it. They call it way too much for the most dumb, dumbest things. It's like can can like I know the can we have guys celebrate movement is like kind of it's kind of stupid because it's just gone to a point where it's just a stupid talking point. But yeah. my thing now after this first month of the season is just get rid of the flag completely. It's a waste of time unless something yeah. is like unbelievably egregious. Like we're talking, yeah. I don't know what like, we're talking. Like something really really dumb. Otherwise. Who cares if he stares in the guy's face? Like, yeah. who cares if he they do like, like this ma- like, massive celebration? It doesn't matter. It's a wasteful penalty. It should never be called. The competition committee needs to do something about this in the offseason because it's just annoying and pointless. It almost cost the Eagles yesterday too. It almost cost them. It well, it did in that moment, but it almost. But I'm saying it would. It, that could have cost them the game. It costs more because, teams the game than just the Eagles this season. If you look week to week. Oh yeah, yeah. But but like but some of the taunting penalties, like I can I can see, like, but, you know, like like if you go back to what AJ Brown did yesterday, how in the world is that taunting? Because he caught it's, the ball and he dropped it in the guy's lap. He was standing over him when he popped up anyway. Where else is he gonna put the ball? Like yeah, like it's so stupid. It's just such like, a wasteful penalty. Like yeah, yesterday that that taunting call on AJ Brown pissed me off to no end because that might be the soft. And I've seen some soft ones. I think I've seen guys, you know, point the finger in someone's face, like dropping the ball on someone's lap after catching a big touchdown to, to try and win the game with less than two minutes left. Like you gotta realize too. And I don't know why that this is such a point of emphasis, why taunting is such a point of emphasis and not, not just in the NFL in college too. I don't get why it's such a point of emphasis because these are, these are, these are adults. When you're when you turn 18, you are an adult. So to me, both in college and NFL, once you're an adult, like emotions run high in games. Like, especially when when it's a, when it's a game changing play. So if a guy gets a game change, like if a guy gets a sack on fourth and one at the goal line, with his team up by one to win the game, and or you know something you know something crazy like that, let's say, like, and there's still time you, left on the clock. Yeah, like, are you gonna throw a flag there for taunting if he goes ape? If he goes ape shit, if he, if he goes nuts, like, and you're gonna ruin the game because you want to play ref show, really? And and by the really? way, you brought up something really important that I for- vehemently forgot about, and I apologize. This has been a point of emphasis for college and the pros the last maybe two three seasons. Why is it a point of emphasis? Don't we have other issues to deal with? Absolutely. What about what about all the all the whole like I mean you can't catch holding on every play but refs miss tons of holding calls there's also I mean, besides holding calls like taunting should be the last penalty 
that like should ever and that's not it shouldn't even be a penalty period this is the last penalty we should have a conversation about who gives a crap exactly exactly like that like you know like we should be have like another conversation i like to have about penalties and that this is kind of nitpicky but to me if there's holding on the play if it doesn't affect like if it's if it's in a within a certain yardage and it doesn't affect the play it shouldn't be called that's my opinion I, i i could you know i could be in the middle with that right like i feel like if I was in the competition committee, I want to see examples of that a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I would right. actually want to see tape for that, but yeah. I, I, can, I can see it. I'm just in the yeah. middle. I'm not, I'm just going to be in the middle with that because I actually would love to see, like, what the competition committee thinks of that in terms yeah. of actual data. But yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like for me, in order to make it more, cl- like, I guess, clear, it should be like, and it won't be clear enough, but like they can clarify. I'm just giving like a rough outline, but I'm saying like if the holding is ten, at least ten yards away from the play, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't affect the outcome of the play. That, that's fine. Like, I could go fifteen like, yards or something like, like that. Like, if yeah. it, like like you see a wide receiver on the other side of the field, he'll hold his his DB, and the running back runs to the complete opposite side of the field. This and runs down the side. That should not be touchdown. called. That should not be called. Because he's running be to, because again, the running, as you said, the running back is running to the opposite side. Who cares what the receiver is doing on the left side? I've seen the Eagles literally get flagged for that. Not just, I mean, not just this season, but the past like five, six seasons. I've seen the, I've seen plenty of examples of it where I'm like, bro, it's not even close. And like, and the worst part is sometimes when they call holding, it's not even a hold. It's, it's like, it's, it's literally two guys just hand, hand fighting each other and grab, but they're both guys are grabbing each other and you're going to call holding on the team that's on like, same I, with I, PI. I, same with PI. Like we saw yesterday. Like that's a that that was just flipping hand fighting. And like you're gonna it, call like, it? Like I don't know. But, but like, I get yeah, it's objective. Like, like I get refereeing subjective. And I also think that the important thing here is data, right? And that's what the competition committee looks at. But like, and we don't have that in front of us. We're not gonna have it until the end of the season, until July. Yeah. But like, yep. yeah, these these are things that should be discussed in the off season for sure. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're getting, you know, nitpicky and it all comes back to, you know, taunting being, being the worst penalty in football pretty much. Um, but you know, but these conversations have to be like, but that's what we're saying. There's, there's more conversations to be had about other penalties and other calls and other changes to the rules and all that stuff rather than some dumb taunting penalty just because a guy's emotions run high. Like, you know, like, like we said, if it's egregious, that's different, but like, but have we seen anything at least you and I for most of the season that would maybe one, maybe 2% of that is egregious so far this season. Like, and like that's, that's, you know, that's being favorable. I think it's a lot less than that. Like to me, what's egregious is like what Randy Moss did to the Packers. Like that's egregious. Uh, you know, OBJ and Philly doing, doing a dog thing and, and pretending to piss on the Eagles end zone. That's egregious and dumb. Like, like that's what like we're that's, talking about. You know, like that's that that is unsportsmanlike conduct. Not not somebody just pointing a finger in somebody's face and laughing. Like that. Like what you know? What is he gonna? You know? Like like this what, ain't what are damn we? Damn Joker. Like what are we doing? Yeah, we're gonna we're like you know a guy points a finger in someone's face and starts laughing and 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 like taunting him. Like what? Wait, what is he gonna go cry back to the ref? Oh, he hurt my feelings. We throw throw a flag. Like get, get real. You're a thirty year old man. You're not a ten-year-old child. This is ridiculous that we even have to talk about this. It, uh, it's it's just ridiculous. Brian Dable at the presser said he doesn't plan on making any changes after the loss. 
what else can he do? I don't know. Exactly. And that's the same thing I've said with the Jets all season two. What else can you do? Yeah, that's why That's why even I had, had to defend Zach Wilson. And even though Zach Wilson's not a good quarterback, what would you like the Jets to do? What do you... I get the New York media for being for being pissed and angry, but what would you like them to do? They can't do anything. This is just this is what it is. Just suck it up. You know that you know these two teams are poverty franchises, and that's the end of it. Like, and then you wait till next season. Hopefully, your team drafts better and goes and gets some good free agents. That's get all you some can offensive do. Offensive linemen, if you're the Giants. Oh my God! The whole draft should be nothing but offensive linemen. <laughs> The entire draft. I also and watch them and watch them draft five receivers again. Oh yeah, and they'll do it again. They'll do it again. Well, I, you know what's funny? But the thing is, they probably have to too because all their guys are also like they're hurt too. The entire team is hurt except for the quarterback. Jesus. At least the entire offense is not not so much a defense, but on offense, they're all hurt. Saquon hurt. Receivers hurt. Darren Walt tight end hurt. Offensive lineman hurt. And like their backup Jesus, tight ends man. hurt. For the Giants. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It's bad. Um, yeah. Uh, the what is it called? The tush push or what? How 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 is it said? Yeah, tush push. The that's tush well, that, push? That's, what, that's what everybody's called it. But I mean, the Eagles want to. The Eagles want to. I mean, it, it's become a funny thing among Eagles fans to, to start calling it the brother, the brotherly shove. The brotherly, the brotherhood shove. <laughs> um, making fun of the, I mean, obviously making fun of you know for those who don't know brotherly love in Philadelphia, so brother brotherly shove would be uh, the name of it. But no, it's it's the touch push. That's that's the easy name for it. Go ahead and just go off on how people in the media are complaining about the touch push being cheating. See, as as you know, for us, you know, I mean, I love I know how you love to call us the media, but you know we're just a we're just a bunch of fans that that you know we want to be in the media someday. But we're just a bunch of fans talking. About I would I would say we're being we're being we're in the smart end of the media who doesn't give dumbass hot takes every week. We tell it like it is. This yeah. is why we do the show after the damn game. Yeah, like you know we're not Monday morning quarterbacking it, even though we 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 do the shows after the game. But it's, but you know but we you know we're looking at it from just a live reaction standpoint. Like right after the game, what are our first reactions? This is what it is. Um. But with the touch push, and Micah Parsons said this himself. Um, and uh, I sent you the video. It's in our group chat. Yeah, you know. in on the Micah so, Parsons show on Beach Bleacher Report. By yep. the way, uh, that is the single best NFL show this season. The Micah Parsons yeah. show on Beach Report. It's fucking and, great. And he's so good. And remember, at it. and remember. I mean, this is a guy that came from Philly, but he is a Dallas Cowboy. Um, so he is, you know, enemy territory. He even said he likes what the Eagles are doing with the tush push. I'll basically paraphrase. He likes what the Eagles are doing with the tush push. He said they have the great, they have the best personnel in the NFL to run it, and that's why it's so successful. And he's like, other teams can run this play too. They're just not. They're just flat out. They just flat out suck at it. So, you know, and then teams get mad that they can't stop it. It's stoppable. And then Michael Parsons said himself. He said he said New England just ran this play against us yesterday, and we stopped it. They ran the same exact play, and it got stopped. So don't like. So, you know, everybody in the NFL, all the executives, I mean, you can cry all you want. You know, all the analysts giving hot takes, you can cry till the cows come home. But the Eagles have a quarterback who squats 600 pounds. They have the best offensive line in football. And they have some of the strongest players in football. When you combine all that together, of course you're not going to stop it. 
I don't care if you put LT, Reggie White, and Bruce Smith on the line in their prime. They can't stop that. So, it's a hard play to stop regardless, but if you don't have a strong... Like, Mac Jones isn't a strong quarterback. That Patriots whole exactly. line is not strong. And exactly. the, the Cowboys with that front, Micah Parsons, Leighton Vander Esch, list goes on. That's, that's going to be pretty easy for the Cowboys' defensive line to stop. Yeah. The Jet, the Jaguars ran the same play. They got stopped this year. The Colts ran the same play. Got stopped this year. The Bears have run the same play. They've gotten stopped this year. The only team that doesn't get stopped on this play is the Eagles. So if this was, so let's say, let's say in the media, right? This was the Chiefs. Do you know how much they'd be praising the Chiefs? But because oh, I, oh, first, I agree. You know, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, but because because and this is me being a bitter Eagles fan. It's the truth. Every time the Eagles do well, it's oh, it won't last. Or oh, they're not as good as we think they are. Or oh, you know. And you, you know, this, you've that, come and on this pod, but you've come on this pod and been honest that you're not happy with your your Eagles, even though they've been undefeated. Like you, um, you've been year. honest about it. And yeah, and I'm honest about it, you know, because I I I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke up everybody's butt and tell them that my team is the best in the NFL when when they're not right now, when it's really the Niners. It's but, clearly the Niners. But at, but at the same but at the same time I'm not gonna sit here and just bash my team over and over and over again when they are four and zero and when they are one of the best teams in the NFL and when they do do things well, unlike the media who likes to hoop. The Eagles could be the Eagles could win every damn game this year and go let's say they let's say they play a wild card game or whatever no they, let's say they go twenty and zero they win they go straight through the Super Bowl undefeated there will still be somebody the next day I guarantee you the next day in the media saying. Oh, but the Eagles can't do it again. Or oh, Jalen Hurts is not as good as we think he are. Think he is. Or oh, DeAndre Swift's not a, not a good running back. Or oh, they're only good because of you know this guy or that guy or this guy. When it's when like Jason Kelsey said, it's the whole team. I'm so tired of having to defend my Philadelphia Eagles from people who don't know football. I will say though, you've come on here and not only have defended your Eagles, but you have said that this team has not played well. We have all said that this yeah. defense has not played well. We have talked yeah. about the play calling. It's it, yeah. It's, it's I put in the Super Bowl contender. They're four and zero. But I. But again, I think you said this yesterday, and, and I'll say it again. And because I agree, as of today, Monday night, very clearly the Niners are by a mile the best team in football. Oh There's yeah. There's not a question right now. Yeah, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if they steamroll the Cowboys. Wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they just wiped the floor with the Cowboys. I would not be surprised. All Cowboys fans are like, oh, yeah, we just, you know, murdered the Patriots on, you know, Sunday. I'm like, okay, it's the Patriots. They're not a good team. I'm like, okay, see what you do against teams like Miami, Buffalo, yeah, Philly. 49ers uh, next Niners. Sunday yeah. Exactly. Especially, like, you know, the only knock I have on the Niners just so far is they haven't played anybody yet. Like, I mean, you can make a case the Eagles have had slightly. Listen, I'm not saying the Eagles have had tougher opponents, but they've had, they've had slightly tougher opponents. Like the Buccaneers are not as bad as we think they are. The Buccaneers are a tougher opponent than anybody I think the Niners have faced already. It's so, still, but here's the thing: it's still we're coming up here to week five. It's still we early. Don't, we don't have this like approach of schedules. We're just looking at it from like a microcosm of, hey, look, they're actually doing dominant performances against yeah. average teams. Yeah. That's how, that's how we count still, the best team yeah. in football right now. Yeah, and I, and I think that's fine. Yeah, you know that's just that's just the only knock I have on them right now. But that's a slight knock, but I still think they're the best. It's team a in football. slight knock because it's week five. We're, we're that's yeah. a, that's a knock you can say in week twelve. We're, yeah. We we understand that. 
Yeah, we understand it, and you know, like I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna completely knock them for it because you can't. You know, but that's the only thing I will say. But at the same time, they, they are still, you know, uh, it's it's the Niners right now, and then every, and then between them and two through thirty-two, it's 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 like the gap is tremendous right now. It's like it's incredibly it's cr- wide. I I hate to say it, but if the Eagles and Niners play like now, I think the Eagles will get blown out by by. 14 17 points yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah they get they get blown out by 14 i think yeah like uh, and then and that, that sucks to say that but that's why like but this is also what i've said all year i'm gonna make one more eagles point i'll say it until it gets fixed the damn play calling brian johnson please figure it out bro i i like, have a question we've watched every team this year so far at least pretty extensively yep that's the worst play calling in the league right is it is it yeah. or at least it's bottom 10 right it's it's it. I'd say it's bottom five because Brandon Staley's terrible. Um, I mean, I but like the bad teams know. are the bad teams. I get yeah, that, bad, but 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 how how is a four and team? The it's crazy. How is it that noticeable? That's my. That, that's I guess my question. That's why I'm saying it's one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. That's, it's genuinely that's, that's noticeable. Like last year when this team was undefeated, at this point, there was not a single problem with the team. Not one. I mean, listen, I got on Shane Steichen, but even his play calling was still really good. There was a couple times where I disagree with it, but it was still really good. Brian Johnson has not called one good play this entire season <laughs> four games. It's just that the Jalen Hurts is a talented quarterback, and there's talent around him. Like, although otherwise, Brian Johnson, like, if, if the Eagles did not have half the – if the Eagles had half the roster they had, Brian Johnson would be fired midseason. Absolutely would be fired midseason. No doubt in my mind. He's, like – the Eagles are winning in spite of him. And you can say right now, as much as I like his performance better, but it still hasn't been great, they're winning in spite of both the, both coordinators because Sean Desai looked, looked like crap yesterday. So, so, you know, I, I thought Desai looked good after three weeks. And then watching the commanders just shred them last week, or, uh, you know, the, on uh, yesterday, uh, I'm now starting to get into Jonathan Gannon territory where I want him off the team too. Every time because I hear the, John, every time I hear a broadcaster say Jonathan Gannon told us this as the Cardinals head coach, I'm like, I still can't believe he's the Cardinals head coach. I, every time, like, it still hurts me to see to see Shane Steichen wearing a Colts getup. By the and by the um, way, he's like making Anthony Richardson into a flipping god. He's been flipping it, incredible. I I know that Shane Steichen wanted to wanted to become a head coach. But the Eagles should have got on their hands and knees and begged him to stay and gave him the entire keys to the kingdom. I don't care what you had to do to keep him. You should have tried to keep him at all costs because Brian Johnson is awful, awful through the first month of the season. It's not even like it's bad. He's downright awful. Like, and even Jalen Hurts said it after the game yesterday, yesterday, and I said it last night too, but I'll say it again. Jalen Hurts literally said to Pam Oliver, our red zone play calling has to be better. It's going to be better in the red zone. I have a question. I have a question because since we're a Chargers pod, we should add the Chargers in here. You can make some pretty good similarities play calling wise with the Chargers have done this season to the Eagles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's very similar. Like it's, it's, that's why I feel for Chargers fans because we're four and oh and, and it's like, okay, you can breathe out. You can let a sigh of relief out and you hope just next, you hope it just gets better every week from here on out. Like it, it, and to Brian Johnson's small credit, it's a small credit, but it has gotten better. It's still not great, but it has gotten better. But 
Like, if you're in the Chargers boat, which I'm sure many of you are listening, but, you know, that's why I really feel for it because it's, it's, the, it's almost the same kind of team. You have a great quarterback. You have great receivers. You have, I mean, albeit your running backs are, are I mean, Austin Eckler's hurt, but you still have a good running back there. You know, it's it's kind of similar. It's just that it's, it's you know, the record is indicative. Like, the Chargers don't finish games. Philly, they, for some they, reason, they, just they ends they up barely, pulling out these they, miracles. They barely finished on Sunday, and that game was a flipping blowout. They still lost by seven. Like, it's it's like, you know, that that's why I feel bad. Because it's like, you know, what, you know, what do you have to do? You know, like what, like, you know, if, if, if I wasn't four and I'd be having the same conversation about, about, about the Eagles as I was the, the Chargers. It's like, you know, what do you have to do to win at this point? Because you're so inconsistent and you don't know what you're getting every week. Like, I know with the Eagles every week, I'm going to get a heart attack, but more, but 99% of the time they're going to win anyway. But with the Chargers, it's like, you know, it's, it's 50, 50 every single week. And most of the time it's heartbreak. So Watching the Chargers and watching the Eagles is, is like watching the same team. It's just different records. It's different records and it's different fourth fourth quarter performances. Yeah, but but there's but there's no real difference really. Like that's that's a very slight difference. Yeah, it's an interesting comparison for sure. Hmm. I I never thought about it like that, but actually, yeah. The more the more I dig into it, I'm like, yeah, they, you know, Chargers, they have a top five, top ten quarterback. Eagles, same thing. Chargers. Two great wide receivers, two good wide receiver a duo. Eagles, same thing. Like you know, great good running back room, same thing. Uh, you know, defense, you know, kind kind of bend but don't break, same thing. Except, yeah, in the fourth quarter, the Chargers usually break, and the Eagles don't. So, yeah, it it is it is eerily similar. Yeah, we gotta get Shane's thoughts on that next week. That's a good that's a good thought. Um. You know what else is a good thought? Uh, MLB playoffs. MLB postseason starts tomorrow. Jesus. Um, uh, sad about my Mariners. Uh, you've been more than upset about your Yankees for most of the year. Yeah. Um, yep. Who do you like this postseason? Who has kind of caught your eye as we uh, I mean, get I, to wild card weekend here? Or wild I've, card week? I've, see, in the whole scheme of things, I said since, since July, if the Braves don't win the whole damn thing, I'd be shocked. The Braves are the best team in baseball by a mile. I have the Braves and the Dodgers. It's the two teams I really yeah. like. Yeah, the 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 Braves literally have the best lineup in baseball. They've got the they've got uh, a one through nine is incredible. Uh, all these guys are batting pretty much three hundred. Um, I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. is a superstar. Uh, I mean, like everything about the Braves is great. Their pitching is great. Um. Like, like, uh, my God, but just, they're all, they have one of the most historical, I mean, I don't know where they rank in terms of all time after this season, but my God, they, they've got to be a historic offense. There's got to be something in there. It's like, oh, they're like, you know, most runs scored or most guys batting 300. It's got to be something because. I think they finished with the most guys batting 300 in MLB history or something like that, or their OPS was super high, or I don't remember. There was some record that they beat. It's it's wild. Like like and look at this. They were they were all healthy. Like their one through nine was really healthy. Acuna Jr. played one fifty nine. Austin Riley one fifty nine. Matt Olson played all all the games one sixty two. Ozzy Albies played one forty eight. Azuna played one forty four. 
And then the guys at the bottom, I mean, they weren't as healthy, but you don't need you don't really need them to be. But still, one thirty eight, one thirty nine, and one forty two. So, and then you even got their catcher. Their catchers they split time with their catchers, but their catchers were healthy. Both catchers were healthy. Um, but it, it's it's like look at these numbers. Look at the first. Is this the uh the way the lineup goes? I think it's one through five. Ronald Cunha Jr. forty one home runs, hundred six RBIs. Austin Riley, 37 home runs, 97 RBIs. Matt Olson, 54 and 139. Ozzy Abbey, 33 and 109. Marcelo Zuna, 40 and 100. Um, Harris, Harris, uh, 18 and 57, but he's batting 293. Like, like, actually, oh, it's funny. Actually, these guys aren't batting 300, but they're close. Like, all that, they're batting 280 plus. But the thing is, so, like, Acuna Jr., Acuna Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr. finished with a 337 batting average. And his OPS was oh, was was one point zero one two. Like the MLB average, I think is like seven fifty, or something like that. Or like for Jesus a good for Christ. a good wow. for a good for for a great player, it's like eight hundred to nine hundred. He was batting over a, or his OPS was over a, over one, so one point zero one two. That's a, that that's extraordinarily high. Um, but everybody else, you know that that whole, really the one through five guys. So the big part of like. This reminds me of the '90s Braves, the ones that kept making the playoffs every year, and they and they eventually did win a World Series. Um, you know, with guys like uh, Chipper Jones, um, with um, oh my god, I'm like uh, I'm trying to because I remember the whole the whole roster was great. Chipper Jones, uh, Andrew Jones, um, there was I'm trying to remember the pitching. The pitching was Greg Maddox, John Smoltz. Like they they were loaded, loaded, and the Braves this year same thing, loaded across the board. So to me, to me, it's 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 the Braves. Like I, I can't think uh, of a team right now that that should run away with a World Series. Like it's it's wild to think that. But yeah, they won a ninety five. Yeah, I had to, to go back and look at their ninety five team. But even their manager, manager Bobby Cox, was great. But look at all the Hall of Famers that were on the Braves in that series. Tom Glavin. Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Fred McGriff, John Smoltz, Jeez. and those are, and those are literally three Hall of Fame, like not just Hall of Fame pitchers, three of the greatest pitchers that that have ever played, more or less, and two outstanding hitters. So, and they had more, they had more, but that was just uh, you know a small chunk of it. But I mean, you look at the pitching for the Braves too. Braves pitching is is. It's 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 just as good as they're hitting. Like, uh, what do they have? They have uh, I think Max Fried is his name. Um, I mean, he's been really good for them. It just it sucks. Like this year for baseball, once the Yankees dropped out, I lost interest in baseball. Um, and that my, was back dude, in like my my, Mar- my Mariners had like two weeks of just insane baseball that was so frustrating. But at the end of at the end here of September, damn. Yeah, the, the the this is wild. The Braves had three pitchers out of their starting five that finished with twelve or more wins. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, Spencer Strider had twenty wins. He was twenty and five with a with an ERA. He had two hundred eighty one two hundred eighty one Ks. To put that in perspective, that's stupid high. Two hundred eighty one Ks. Garrett Cole for the Yankees, who should win this AL Cy Young this year, had I think two twenty two. So Spencer Strider for the Braves in the NL had 281. Wow. 
That's a lot more. That's literally like uh doing the math quickly, that's what? Basically five games more of strikeouts. So five more Damn. games. So Wow. Um and that, that 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 that's that's assuming that those guys get ten Ks a game. Um and his ERA was a little high, but three point eighty six, but that's okay. But you know, and the pitcher, uh, uh, Charlie Morton, he had a three three point six four. Their pitching wasn't wasn't always great, but their pitching is still some of the best in baseball. Considered, like especially in the playoffs so far, that I would think like these guys like they might not be guys that are going to blow the doors off in terms of ERA and stuff like that. But these are guys that will that can and will win you games in the playoffs, and especially when you have a lineup that can score runs at will. You could have your pitcher go maybe five six innings been you know maybe give up five runs and they'll still win like seven five or eight six so it's 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 just wild like the braves are easily to me the best team in the nl and i, I gotta look at the actual bracket because i mean dodgers we talk about them every year but they're, they're like against the but against the braves braves are better um i mean i gotta look at the i, I have no faith in the um, in the Rays, they just don't seem like they're going to be making much noise, in my opinion. Um, wild card games. Uh, yeah, Ray. You know what's funny? I'm surprised that that Texas is a wild card team because they had such a hot start to the season. Texas could be your sleeper to win the whole thing. Interesting. Yeah, or. At least, at least from the AL side, I, the Blue Jays are not. The Blue Jays they limped into the playoffs. The Blue Jays are going to get probably knocked out. I, I don't think they're going to get knocked out by the Twins, but then the Astros are waiting for the Blue Jays. So, you know, how do you feel I, about Baltimore? Baltimore is good, but oh, if 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 Texas can win that wild card series, because remember the wild card is not one game anymore. It's three. three. It's um, pretty cool. Which yeah, which I like a lot better. Um, I love it. I don't, I don't, I don't like winter go home in baseball. It's I, not. It's not I love a... it because we get free. We get we get free baseball all day for like the next two days. Oh yeah, it's fucking so you get nuts as hell. I mean, I think Texas is better than the Rays. I mean, the Rays have better pitching, but Texas was the better team at least in the first half of the season. I think they were better. Um, the Orioles can definitely hang. I, 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 but to me, Texas would be like my dark horse to win the whole thing. Um, but I think the Dodgers have an easy, the Dodgers do have an easy, like in the, in the NL, the Dodgers do have like both, like the NL is not good. Like the, like the Braves and Dodgers, they're going to play each other in the, in the NLCS, no doubt, because the Dodgers either face the Brewers or the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have been good this year, but, they're not better than the Dodgers. No way. Uh, Phillies and Marlins, please. Against the Braves, please. Braves should kill them. Um, I mean, F- Phillies can make a run, and they have. But, I mean, I-, I know Philadelphia sports, being an Eagles fan, it's always painful. So, uh, Braves are going to... If the Phillies make a pass, the Braves should beat them pretty handily. Um, so that's your NLCS matchup is definitely gonna be Braves Dodgers. That's no question. I just and I that's why I think the Braves get into the World Series. That's why I think the Braves win it all. The Braves have the to me the Braves have the easiest path. Um, but because I, I don't think the Orioles are good enough to win a championship because they're they're 
they surprised people this year. They weren't supposed they're they're technically they're like what the Eagles were last year. They're ahead of schedule. So yeah. so the Orioles are definitely uh a team that I think they can win uh, they can at least win a playoff a, a postseason series. So they can they can definitely beat Texas or Tampa whoever they face. But I don't think they're going to get past that, and they're they're definitely getting past Houston. I think Houston's going to go back to the World Series. But if you're giving me Atlanta and Houston, Houston's had a had a kind of a bumpy ride to get into these, uh, to get into the postseason and to eventually win that they did win their division. Um, they won my division, sadly. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Um, but you know that was a division right that Texas was winning for a long time. A bit, and then the Mariners in, like, September kind of got, like, a game and a half back. And then same with Houston. And September yeah. was just nuts in the AL West and, for, yeah. like, and then Houston, and then And then Houston just overtook them. So Yeah, yeah, because Houston, like, I think won two or three against the Mariners, and that kind of finished it, so. Yeah, so, I mean, Houston's hot, so... And that that that's usually Houston's calling card, where they'll they'll be hot, either hot the whole season or they'll or they'll be kind of mid like idling like they were for for quite a bit, and then they'll they'll turn it on the second half of the season and just go on a run, and that's what they did this time. So Houston's probably gonna run through the AL, I think. Uh, like the Orioles are ahead of schedule. The Rays are not are not a championship team in my eyes. Blue Jays are not a championship team. Twins are laughable. Twins never make it out of the wild card any year. Um. So that's why I'm saying Texas is your dark horse because if there's one team that can stand stand up to Houston, like the Orioles can, but I think it's too early and I think the Astros' experience if if Baltimore makes it through, the Astros' experience is going to overwhelm them. So I think uh, it's Atlanta Houston for me for the World Series. Atlanta wins and I in think what, six? Atlanta and. Yeah, it's not going to go to seven. I and it's it's definitely not going to end at five. Actually, so I, I would say six. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I six think I'll fair. do the same Brave. thing. You did a good job articulating Brave. that. Yeah, Braves and six. That I I just can't see. I mean, I know Houston's been there before, and the Braves are just. But the Braves have also been there before recently, and the Braves have won it. Astros have like it, it would be a, you know it'd be a great another great uh, probably another classic World Series like like even though I'm saying Atlanta and six. I think those all those games would be close, and they'll all have fireworks in them. So, um, it'll be a fun series. But yeah, Atlanta in six. Yeah, yeah, good job articulating that. That was dope. I appreciate that. I love that. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I had for today, Brandon. I I think we just went through some NFL stuff. Want to talk some baseball? I'm really excited for the next two days. The fact that we just have baseball on all day long for the next two days. Isn't it like fun. we have, and then I, I think what we're in the stretch now of football where it starts where it's like like every single weekend we're gonna have either college or NFL or whatever it is or something like that. It's uh, what is like, it? I I saw the stat. It's like for the it's next like fifty five days for the next yeah for the next I think fifty four or fifty five days we have some kind of major sporting event from the MLB to the NHL season and NBA season starting to the WNBA finals. Which this is gonna be Hockey. one of the best, yeah. Which is this is gonna be one of the best WNBA finals in recent memory. 
uh, with uh, with uh, what is it with the links and uh, the aces? That's gonna it's gonna be ridiculous finals. Yeah, that's fair. That's gonna be an amazing finals, and then yeah, and then hockey season starts, basketball season starts. Yeah, it's, I think it's like fifty four out of fifty five days. We have something like kind of major going on. And I don't and I don't have to say how excited for my Devils I am because my God that this team looks ready to take the Metro. Like this is a team that that can definitely compete for the President's Trophy. And then, and then uh, here am I. I'm here am I sitting waiting to go to Vancouver for a Canucks game. Uh, this season, uh, pretty pretty distraught because <laughs> uh, preseason has looked pretty terrible for us. Kraken yeah. doing all right okay. though. Kraken doing all right though. I'm pretty excited for the Kraken, but I'm a Canucks fan. When it comes to preseason hockey though, you can never get too wrapped up in it just because you're basically playing your AHL guys. Yeah, pretty so, much. No, no, for sure, so, but still. Like the like the Devils actually haven't. The Devils have only had an AHL lineup there out there maybe one night so far, but most of the nights they played at least half of their actual starting lineup. Yeah. So the Devils are literally just playing tic tac toe with the puck and scoring every single night. Like that happened tonight against the Islanders. I heard because I know people, a couple people went to the game tonight uh, at the Rock, and they said yeah, like the Devils are literally just sitting there toying with the opponent, just playing tic tac toe with the puck and like flashy passes and scoring. I'm like yeah, this is a team that's absolutely going to run through the Metro. No it's doubt. Be, it's going to be a fun hockey season, a fun basketball season, too. Doing fantasy basketball again. I need oh to start Lord. prepping. I have, I've i done, like, some small prep here and there, but I need to start prepping because my draft is on the 15th. Go grab Mikhail Bridges. I was thinking the same thing. If I'm middle of the round, I, I'm I'm thinking about it. Because he, he's going to drop at least 35 a night and he's gonna he's, he's gonna go for like triple doubles almost every night because he is the brooklyn nets right now because they have nothing else really yeah um i have uh i'm more i'm uh, right now i'm i'm in the early stages of my do not draft list which is i guess semi-substantial every year it's about five or ten guys that i'm just like yeah, yeah. I'm not what do you have so it. far uh Kawhi, paul george zion oh, yeah. yep uh, Giannis is on my don't draft list this year. Wow. The leg thing. I, yeah, I'm really that's concerned. fair. Um, shit. Uh, is that it? I think right now that's about it. As a, as a preliminary list. Uh, as pre- pre- uh, preliminary list. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I have my, the one guy I'm debating right now and thinking heavily about is Jordan Poole. Oh. Mm. Because... Last year off the bench for Golden State, he was, like, pretty terrible. Yeah. And whenever he got in the starting lineup, he was good. I think he probably will have a, a breakout year, but I'm worried about um, the hype a little bit. Like, I feel like he's getting that hype. Same with Anthony Edwards. A guy who's also on my do not draft list this year, and you'll be surprised, Victor uh, Weminyama. Yeah. Victor Weminyama is on my do not draft list. No, I'm not surprised about that, actually. Because the guy, the guy is literally like he, like he is like especially remember he he hasn't played a real physical level of competition in basketball yet, and he's stick thin. If he takes one bad fall or one bad hit going to the basket, he's done. Well, my concern because, is he's a rookie, right? Rookies, you have to and like, yeah, you have rookies to worry, are up and yeah. you have to worry about free throw percentage, field goal percentage is bad regardless of which. Yeah. Like. There's there's there, there there's a certain place where I might consider Victor, but I think some of taking Victor is a hype train thing versus like 
Yeah. I kind of want to see him play, and if I miss on him, I miss on him kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? That's fair. Like, I, I don't, I don't kind of feel that. And, of course, like, something I'm thinking about is maybe going a little younger this year, potentially. Like, not putting all my eggs in the KD basket or something like that, where... Oh, hell no. Yeah. Where, like, I just overall feel like i want to go a little younger this year but nine cat nine cat against 12 guys who know what they're doing i mean it's a 50 dollar buy-in nine cat against guys like that who know what they're doing like like and and that's kind of the thing too that is like you can overthink the draft right sometimes it's just like because the reality is and i uh in watching a bunch of fantasy basketball podcasts this is kind of thing to remember too with especially in nine cat but like your first round pick doesn't make your team. Your roster that you oh, start with yeah. at the the roster that you start with at the beginning of the year dramatically changes by the end, right? So like, it's, it's you you don't you just don't have to overthink the draft because your your draft your your team is gonna change right from the first tip on that Thursday yeah. afternoon, and that yep. that's gonna that's kind of the thing. So. That's why. That's why when it comes to like, that's why for me, like, I would love to get into fantasy basketball, but I just that's too nerve wracking for me because it's so it, it's it's fantasy basketball is like splitting hairs. So, uh, to a degree, I think, like, I, I'm someone who who loves basketball and hockey for fantasy because nine cat is just all about strategy. It's day to day making moves and that's same with fantasy hockey too to a degree uh, i haven't played it enough uh i'm probably i don't know if i'll do a league this year i probably will end up doing one just because i'd like to have a team if nothing else yeah um but yeah fantasy basketball is my absolute favorite and i've had this conversation with many people in the league too it's like football is my absolute least favorite fantasy sport just because it's such a game of chance as we've seen the past few weeks but basketball in particular since I'm more accustomed to it, Bas- not points. I'm talking like basketball nine cat is, is, yeah. is all, it's not about chance. It, it, there's a lot of strategy involved. There's a, it's what you, what you do on a week to week basis in day to day basis matters a lot in fantasy basketball. Whereas in fantasy football, you set your lineup and you just have to hope that these guys do well. Right. Whereas in fantasy basketball, there are trends. There are clear yeah. trends for certain guys throughout a season and that those trends change. So you have to be on top of that, but it, it's how you approach your roster week to week, day to day that determines yeah. whether you win. And the only thing that can deter you from that is injuries. That's it. Yeah. And that, that I get it. That happens. That's part of the game. But what I'm saying is minus injuries and that can be unlucky versus lucky, but minus injuries, it's up to you if you can win or not, regardless of your roster. Yeah, and it's and it's like you almost have to be almost like a real life head coach, a real life head coach and GM, day to day basis, day to day operations. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. So it's like it's something it, I absolutely love about about fantasy basketball because I just think oh, yeah. it's better in so many ways from that. Yeah, and then like I want to get into fantasy hockey too. Honestly, for me, for fantasy hockey, I'm, dra- I'm drafting all Devils. I like, I mean, like I I know, I know I know enough about hockey to to have a fantasy hockey team. 
it just depends on how many people I would, I would get to play it just because I know like nobody else I know really knows it like I do. I I fi- um, you want to hear something funny? Well, my first year playing fantasy hockey, my first year doing it, I or actually maybe my second year doing it, I finished 5th. I just kind of let my team ride and I finished 5th against people who actually play it. So, out of out, out of how many people? 12. Wow. That's not too bad. I made the playoffs. And That's overall, just... I finished fifth. And when when was that? Uh, like two years ago. Mm. Yeah, see, like for fantasy hockey, like unless I get like the first like three picks, which is probably not possible because my luck is terrible. But I right now I'm taking Jack Hughes. Taking Jack Hughes. I'm taking guys like um, Cal McCarr for D. Um, yeah. I'm taking guys like, you know, just a whole a whole bunch of them. I'll probably take, you know, Shesterkin for goalie. Um, you know, a whole, whole bunch of stuff like that. Like, just if they're there, obviously. But, like, I, I know enough about hockey to where I'm like, okay, I know these guys will be good. Like, I know who's good, who's kind of in the middle, and who isn't. Like, I, I know as much about hockey. I, 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 see, football, football is the one I know, like, every team – as much as I love my Yankees, I love my Devils, I love my Nets. I my my order of knowledge would go football. It would go football, and probably it's tough because the other three are kind of close. But I would say football, baseball, hockey, basketball. Yeah, for me, it's it's football, basketball, uh, football, basketball, I, hockey, soccer, MMA boxing and then baseball i just don't like baseball that much see see like uh but i'm i'm, I'm like i'm like a die like i know my i know my teams inside now like i'm not just a fair weather fan and just picks teams root for it because of the area no I'm, i'm like as much as my knowledge of football is still greater than the other ones i still love all my my four teams to death i've go to i go to yankee stadium every year i i know the teams we play against i know you know the players it's just that in terms of like knowing all like more players and more strategy and more like all that's like the real real nitty gritty. I know the most about football. Yeah, but but at the same time, like I, like, I I love like it, it's it's crazy when people say they love sports. Like, listen, there's people out there that know more than we do about sports too. Like, the, like know even finer details than we do. Like me, like we don't claim to know everything, but we do. We damn sure do our best, and that's why, like, that's why I love that's why I love doing this show because we can, you know, we do make mistakes. With an element, I make a lot of mistakes, a lot of mental errors. Dude, but... I said Justin Fields was my MVP or in the top ten, like, bruh. Like, you know, what's funny that that was the media answer because it I, I saw some people in, answer, on the, but... in the media say that. So, but yeah, but so we 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 can admit we make mistakes. You know, we're not perfect, especially like you know, I, I might sound like a babbling idiot when I'm talking about the other sports. Everybody's like, oh, how do you not know this guy or that guy? I'm like, well, I do know them. I just don't remember their names off the top of my head because yeah. I'm not like, especially when it comes to the, especially like like this year, a lot of teams in baseball, I know teams pretty well, but a lot of teams in baseball this year, outside of their top players, I can't name you the rest because I stopped watching the Yankees this season after July because <laughs> I knew the season was over. So like up until, if you would have asked me like back in who was the starting lineup for these teams, I would know. 
but a lot of these guys got hurt and stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah, I can't tell you who's in the playoffs right now. Like I had to actually look it up to remember. <laughs> like some of the some of the like I remembered most of the teams in the playoffs, but I, or in postseason. But when I, when I actually looked up, I'm like, the Phillies and the Marlins are are in the postseason. When the hell did that happen? Like, <laughs> um, I'm but, like, but wow. I, I will say like this. So 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 the only time I really watch baseball is like in bars or with friends, and then All Star Game I care about. Home run derby I care about. Opening week I care about a little bit. But then when the postseason starts, yeah, I'm watching as much as I can. Just because it's postseason baseball and it's fun. Yeah. that that This is around the time where I actually genuinely care about watching baseball. It's like, it's just like... The game is still too damn slow. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's funny because it got, it got faster. They shaved off about a half hour. And it's still slow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much faster you can make it at this point. The game is just, it is what it is at this point. And, and again, I'm um, not trying to be a talking head. I'm not saying that I don't love baseball. I do. I just love postseason baseball. That's where it's I'm funny. in. It's funny, like for like for me, like I, I, it's weird because I love baseball so much, and I love my Yankees, and I love you know going to the stadium once or twice a year. And I, I mean, I grew up playing it. It was the one sport I played for a long time. I played it for six, seven years. So. And I was, I was, I was pretty, I was decent at it. Um, so like for me, I'd rather play it than watch it. But at the same time, I still love watching it, especially when, especially in the summer when there's nothing else going on. Like, I don't care about training camp. I don't care about all that stuff. I care about watching the Yankees on TV during the summer. Like I'll watch, I will watch especially if the Yankees are like the Yankees were done since June. That was obvious. But like, uh, but for me, usually when it comes to the Yankees, I'm watching every, like if I'm not watching the game at home, I'm watching it at work. I'm watching it if I'm in the car, like listening to it on on my radio. I'm, I'm hooking up my Bluetooth to my car radio. By the way, to listen to the game. Baseball on radio is still great. Yeah, it's it the only. Is. It, it, it's really the only sport. I think hockey's a close second. Football on the radio is not great. Uh, yeah. Basketball on the radio kind of sucks. Hockey, hockey's manageable. Hockey's serviceable. Uh, but baseball on the radio is fucking great. It's still been because, great because because it's the slowest sport, so you're able to kind of tell more of a story and kind of ease people into it and still be entertaining. Vin Sol- so Vince like, Scully, baby, Vin Scully, Vin Scully, Vin Scully did it. So and it's like John John Sterling's another one. John Sterling for the Yankees, incredible. Um, I know people don't like him because he's older now and he kind of forgets things here and there. But what do you want from an eighty year old guy? You know. <laughs> That's but, a, that's the baseball demographic for for uh, for for guys who are on the radio. So, yeah, but like for me, like you know, John Sterling, you know, you know, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Like I, you know, that's, you know, like I didn't, even, I didn't even grow up hearing. I, I grew up with Michael K. watching it on TV. A lot of people grew up hearing John Sterling on radio because you know, especially in the '80s and '90s stuff like that. But like for me, you know, I have respect for John Sterling, Susan Wallman. Susan Wallman's pretty good too. By the way, she's one of the few women in sports I really, really do like a lot. Um, but I like, you know, who I like broadcasting uh, on the women's side minus the NFL. Who? Uh, hockey. So good. Not bad. It's so good. See, see, the only issue I have with women in hockey is like Leah Hextall to me is not a good commentator. I think she's pretty solid. I understand like, the uh, criticisms, but. Like she like it's not it's not the fact she's a woman she just makes she makes a lot of mistakes and also she she seems to have a lot of favoritism towards certain teams, so 
I'm just like, oh boy, like you know, you can't have that when you're broadcasting a game. Uh, it's it's it makes it unwatchable. Yeah, you so. know, I I'm I might be in the minority here, but I I don't know, man. I just want to see Joe Buck do like one wild card series for ESPN. Why oh, not? Yeah. Well, Joe. Well, Joe. I mean, remember Joe Buck was the voice of postseason baseball for a long time. Yeah, man, he, he was pretty so. good in the World Series. I I do like. Joe Davis to a degree, not tremendously, but like, bro, like just just get him to do a wild card series or get him to do like a game three of a wild card game. Like, like as much why as, does as it, much as as much as people not might not like it, why not just give him a game? Give him the like. I know he wants to do well, it at some point. It's funny as much as we associate Buck with football now, his home is always baseball. Right, right. Just, like, just give him the mic for one game. I mean, ESPN only has the wild card games. Just, just give him the mic for one of the wild card games. Who cares? Yeah. Like, if if, just, if there's one, if there's one that is in a game three, like, yeah, give him the mic, dude. Like, it's cool. Like Joe Buck, it's funny. I don't like him. I'll never like him as a football commentator. Today, the I'm, commentary was so weird because they're making all these jokes about it being a blah. I was yeah. like, bro. <laughs> like, I was like, bro, is this funny? But like. I don't know if it's worthy for commentary, but uh, continue. But like when you know when it comes to Buck, like I, I can still respect him as a, as a football commentator because he, he he still is good with Aikman, but like just him himself, I don't like him. I gotta but, say, I love them on Monday Night Football. Like, oh I, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna really quickly say this: the the number two team they added in Fowler this year, it's not good. The number two yeah. team is not good, man. With yeah, Lewis Riddick it's, it's and not, it's not good. We we we've watched them for two week or for three weeks, do Monday Nighters and the London game. It's not good. It's not yeah, good commentary, uh, dude. Yeah, it's not good. When I when I heard the London game, I was like, oh man. I'm like this. Like I don't know what's more boring or worse, the commentating of the game. And to be fair, I was excited for them being the number two team, and I'm glad they added in Fowler. But Fowler's the only good thing about that crew. Yeah, like and and uh, and Laura Rutledge. Laura Rutledge is great. And she yeah, needs to she's be on, pretty good. She needs to she needs to cover the other sideline. G- give Lisa Salters one. Give Laura Rutledge the second one. Like yeah. they, they they Laura Rutledge is fucking incredible, and she never gets enough credit. Yeah, like oh god, it's it's crazy. Like when when I think about some of the announcers that, that I love hearing. Like obviously me being a, a Yankee homer, Michael K. I, love, I still love hearing Michael K. After uh, all these years, I, I do want you to finish. So you like Joe Buck as a baseball commentator, though, right? As a as a baseball commentator, I love Joe Buck. But as a as a football commentator, I don't because he his voice, his style, everything is more suited towards baseball. Like, how many times does this, does a big touchdown happen in a game or a game winning touchdown? He's like, oh, it is caught by you know whoever it is. So and so, and that'll win the game. Like, okay, well, where's the enthusiasm? So, for me, you know, but hearing Buck, hearing Buck in in the World Series, you know, and he- hearing him call a home run, it seems like he has more enthusiasm for baseball, and he goes along better with baseball. That's fair. I that, think it's a fair point. So, like, you know, like Buck, Buck bores me with football because I like, like that's why I like guys in football. Like, I, I like. Gus Johnson, that's my boy. Gus Johnson, love that man. Yeah, like, he's doing so many. He, I'm sad he's not doing NFL anymore because he's doing the whatever the African American studies at like a really prestigious university. So props yeah. for him for doing that. But him in college, it's the best. It's so good. 
Him, him I, and Joel Klatt are fucking great. I do notice sometimes Gus Johnson has been slipping with these games, though. Because they're the not early... good. The Ben New yeah. kickoff games haven't been good for three fucking years. Yeah. They're not like commentating I, I, good games. Like, I, I feel bad. Like, they got, they got to give Gus Johnson a, a more, I mean, I'm, well, if he wants it, of course, but a more, like, prime time slot. He's better that way. Like, does okay? I have a question. Does Big Noon yeah. Kickoff feel like a primetime slot to you? They try to make it seem that way, but the noon games are never good. It's by the way. How like, is a primetime game noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific? How the fuck yeah, is that? That's that's not possible. Like that that shouldn't a be a thing. Like we don't we don't call the we don't call the one o'clock games or ten your time. We don't call them primetime games because they're not. We just so we, we, we just call it like if if the top commentators there, it's the number one game on the network. But it doesn't mean it's a yeah. primetime game. Yeah. Like all the games that people talk about every single day, just like in the NFL, are the four thirty and eight o'clock games. Yeah, those are the ones that people talk and about. And in college, and in college, it's the it's the it's whatever the four thirty five o'clock game is. Yeah. Exactly. Like. My ducks are usually those games, so I love it. I mean, well, because they're out there out west too. But my ducks are those kinds of games. Those are the games that people talk about every week. Ducks are a top ten team. I love talking about my ducks. So, you know, it's like it's it's so tough because like guys like Gus Johnson, like I know I, it depends on on what his schedule was like, and you know, obviously he took time away to pursue other things obviously like we just said but yeah and and, um, and he's amazing at that that those study stuff i don't know if you've seen some of that documentary that he did with fox about those studies i've only seen bit, bits and pieces of it but damn it's awesome yeah i only Freaking heard cool. about it but i didn't actually i didn't actually see anything but yeah i know he was doing that but i know like if he but if but if he want if there if there's a if there's a role to be taken for the more prime time like what we what we would think as a traditional prime time games he needs to start getting those like yeah because i he's i miss so good. i miss on nfl sundays because i think they were shit they were they were a specialty team so they were like the 10th team on a random weekend but gus johnson and keep to were really awesome and they very yeah. luckily called some really good games what was it two years ago i'd love to see those two come back something or, like that yeah or something like that where i did i know they were a specialty commentary team but they were like that year, I think they were the second or third best team at Fox, and they only called yeah. like six games. But yeah, like I, I just like it. People don't realize, you know, some people do realize this, but you know, we, we all get caught up in the athletes and the players and stuff like that. You know, of our favorite teams, and and we get caught up in the, what the coaching staff does and all that stuff like that. But people gotta realize, you know, especially because remember more more people watch games on TV than they do in the stadiums. When you an announcer's voice links your memories of sports to so many things. Oh, for sure. So, so like you know, an announcer's voice can make or break a game, yep. or your mem or your memory of it. So, you know, for me, like as much as I haven't heard him because I don't live in Philly, I would love to hear just a full game of Merrill Reese calling the Eagles. Because that guy is, a, is, a, is an icon. He's been calling the damn game since, what, the 70s? NFL Plus, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they, they might, by the way, I think, actually, to be fair, I think the NFL Plus thing is now the SiriusXM national broadcast. 
So mm. never mind. But, but I don't remember specifically. I, like, I the thing is, I did have the pleasure of hearing Meryl Reese though, because back way back when I was a little kid. Quick story before we before we end we end here. Yeah. Uh, ben um, Simmons says he's back. I, I'm not sure about that. He's also on uh, my do not draft list. He's yeah, very much. He's in everybody's do not draft list this year. We're done. As as far as I'm concerned, the Brooklyn Nets are only Mikael Bridges and Nicholas Claxton. Everybody else does. I don't care. Um, so. But yeah, but like Meryl, but here's the thing though. Back when Verizon, like like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I remember when Verizon used to actually show full game highlights. Uh, like they would do an abbreviated version of the game. You would, you would go on demand, go under, under the NFL uh, uh, tab. I do remember can, this, yeah. And you and you could find the, like, the it's not just three minute highlights like they show nowadays, like on, on the on demand. It was full, like, 20 minute games so you would watch every single play from the games so but that's how i used to hear mel reese was through those games yeah so so it was so cool to i wish the i, I don't know why they did away with that because that was so cool being able to re-watch the game from last week and to hear a different commentating team and also just to be able to you know get hype over a win again and then prepare yourself for next week so i always loved doing that as a little kid, but it sucks. I can't do it anymore. But, but like comment, like I'm saying, commentators are just like Joe Buck is great for baseball. Like for football, like I can't remember what what you know. When I think of Super Bowls, I don't think of like you know Nance or, or what I, him. What or I what I whoever. When I think of Joe Buck in football, I think of uh, Diggs caught it. That's when that's what I think about is the because that Diggs call was great. The, great the fucking only, call. The the only thing, the only time I ever heard Buck excited or just emotion over anything that he ever called, was the Randy Moss. That's a disgusting act. Like that. That's the only moment. That's I just remember that so well. Like I don't know why, but like it, it was like, you know, what 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 we were like, what an infant when that happened. Yeah, I think so. I barely or something remember like. It. The, like we, we were like little, little, little kids when that happened, but or maybe we weren't. I don't even remember we were born yet. It depends. I don't remember when exactly that was, but it was like oh three or oh four, something like that. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, just having him, hearing him say, "That's a disgusting act." I'm sorry we had to show you that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like that's what I remember Joe Buck for is just that call. But that, but that was a great memory. Like, like I said, announcers can can track your memory of some of the funniest or just the greatest sporting events you've seen that's why i love hearing these announcers sometimes what what was it freezes home run and he goes we will see you tomorrow night that's when i remember as a kid <laughs> all the time yeah david yeah. freeze the legend himself oh david god i that name wow i you know it's funny i instantly the second you even said freeze i knew exactly where you, what you were gonna say i was like wow i remember that moment clearly we will see you tomorrow night also by the <laughs> way before we go i'm gonna mention this because i assume it's on fox's social pages still i have to find it cause it's great uh they so obviously joe buck couldn't commentate any games during covid so what fox decided to do to like give him work was to have fans send in videos of them doing the most randomest things in the world like barbecuing or whatever or playing like ping pong and have joe buck commentate it and it was one of the best things about the pandemic 
The dude oh, got paid, the dude got paid five million dollars for six months to react to people's videos. Fantastic. Oh God. Oh, listen to this. Here's a, here's an interesting stat. ESPN just posted this before we go. I kind of on a, on a funny but also somewhat somewhat ugh kind of mood. The Giants are the only team to play three primetime games this season. They're 0-3 and have been scored outscored 94 to 15 in those games. Jesus flipping Christ. <laughs> like, you can't make that up. And that brings us all the way back to our first segment. So that's a perfect way to end. A good way to end. Well, thank you, Brandon. Uh I, I don't know what our plan is for Thursday, okay? It's Bears Commanders. Let us figure oh, it out. Oh god. I don't have I, I don't have a plan, dude. I don't know. I don't know oh. what we're gonna do. I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. I just hope the game is somewhat good so that we can actually talk about it. I don't I just I don't feeling, know. I have a feeling we're going to spend as much time on that, or actually as we're going to spend less time on that than we just did talking about Seahawks Giants. I, I think we're going to, I think we're going to end up like doing a post credit scene on postseason baseball or something. Cause I don't, I don't think we even, I don't know. I genuinely don't know what our plan is. <laughs> The next two Thursdays, because the next two Thursdays are awful, like atrociously bad. So as an early preview, are we vetoing the Pot Cookies game of the week again for that game? No, we're not. Well, okay, but uh, that's actually my another thing we missed. We normally cover the Thursday night game. What what do we talk about? <laughs> that that Justin Fields had the best game of his life, and it doesn't matter. I I don't have anything. I mean, how how can we get excited for for an zero and four team? Again, you know, worst team in football against a two and two kind of middle of the road commanders team that doesn't have all the pieces quite together yet. But you're 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 really gonna tell me that that your primetime game is is Sam Howell against Justin Fields? I like Sam oh. Howell, but I don't. So do I. But 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 oh lord! Like uh, let's see what then... what are okay. So uh, let's see. I don't know what I don't know until Thursday what games we can't choose. But Bears Commanders, I'm not vetoing pot cookies. I don't think it's enough to veto it. So plus it's a Thursday game. We never pick Thursdays for oh, pot yeah, it's cookies. Prime time, yeah, prime time, yeah, right. Well, prime time we can pick for pot cookies, but the thing is it's a Thursday night game. I saved the pot cookies for Sunday. So That's fair. Yeah. Um so this week we have Bears Commanders, Jags Bills in London. Now that's gonna be worth waking up for. I think that game's gonna be really fun. That's on NFL Network this week, so that's nice. Um, Cowboys Niners I'm excited for I think Sunday we will yeah. not record early I think we're going to end up Watching that in full and then Monday, unless, unless, unless the Niners blow them out Unless the Niners blow them out um, But Packers Raiders I don't even know what we're going to do with that either Ugh. That's Monday night um, Next week And then Broncos Chiefs I don't know what we're going to do with that Oh shit oh. oh shit I just saw something even more depressing Week well, six Sunday night football is Giants Bills. Oh boy, we're recording really early that week. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that game on Monday that week. Yeah, right, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills put in their backups after the first half. You know what also happened today that was actually really joyful for me. They moved it. They we have one, two, three, four games in week six at the four twenty five window. I saw that they moved. They moved a bunch of the good games because they saw last week and went, "Yeah, nobody watched the four twenty five window. We can't have that." So I'm glad they moved it. 
I'm glad they're able to do that. So that's great. Yeah. But one yeah, of the I'm saving one of the games for one of the games. One of the games. One of the games is Eagles Jets, right? Yeah, they moved that. They moved that down. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They moved. They moved the Bucks game down. They moved the Bucks game down. They moved the Jets game down. Uh, I think that's it. I don't. I think and they. Then, I think then, they moved Cardinals Rams too. And then, they, and then they. And then they. And then they. And then they completely flexed the Lions game. Yeah, they flex. Well, they flex it from ten from the one o'clock to four twenty-five. Yeah, but they did yeah. that with three games. I think they did that with the Eagles Jets game. I'm yeah. not. If I'm not mistaken, actually, I don't know, but I think they did it. I know for like Cardinals Rams, they did it as well or something. I don't exactly remember. They just flex yeah. better games. That's all you need to know. Um, and yeah, I think we're only picking two for games of the week for the ne- next week and week six because we have two international games, both of which yeah. are on NFL Network, so that's good. Um, that's good. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely, we're definitely recording early in two Sundays from now because frick that. Yeah, and the second and the 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 games in London this weekend, and then what the other, the other one's Germany. Uh, the games, I I don't know because they played in Wembley. Wasn't there like wasn't there another another game supposed to be in Germany or something like that this year? You know it it is, and I'll get to it. But so they played in Wembley last week, right? They're yeah. playing at Tottenham this yeah. weekend, okay. this coming weekend. Jags Bills, Ravens Titans. They're playing in Tottenham. Uh, and then let's see what else here. And then week nine, Dolphins Chiefs in Frankfurt Germany. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. that's actually that's, that's actually gonna be that's the one that like I'm very excited to just chill and watch. It's gonna be so good. Yeah, that one's gonna be real interesting. Like that that one is gonna be that one's the really actual really good best game that week probably, presumably. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, that that that's gonna be so worth waking up for. Um, because that game's probably going to be the last game of the week. I'm still, I still hate that game's in Frankfurt. Like, great for Germany, but Tyree Kill playing his former team should have been in Kansas City. But whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm happy that's for true. Germany though, because like we finally get a proper Germany game. That's not the yeah. Jags, or no, a proper international series game. Excuse yeah. me. That's not the Jags. It's counting all yeah. countries. So that's actually really good. Yeah. But that's that, that's that's actually really cool. But I will say one more thing too, just as a shout out to the people on the other side of the pond. My God, England! Did did, did you hear the Sweet Caroline that they did? Did I? They did, sang. did they sing Sweet Caroline last week? Oh that my God! The, and they that was the best thing in London because that game was trash minus the Twitter broadcast. They, they didn't just sing it; it almost drowned out the broadcast. They were so loud coming through the TV, like. So you can imagine how loud it was in the stadium. The, the entire you don't get that in the U.S. You don't get the entire crowd singing it like you would do. Yeah. Like in in England in that in at Wembley when Sweet Caroline came on, they all broke out into the song. Yeah. All of them. I will say, and we talked Great about crowd. this. I we talked about this in the schedule release night when we did that a bunch of months back. Um, when we we did that, we said Jags in London back to back weeks, huge advantage. Massive. Oh yeah. Massive oh, yeah. advantage, especially against the Bills. That's a massive and advantage. And especially with how they've looked early in the season, those are two games that they, that they can win and really write their season, write yeah. that ship. Yeah. So that's really good for them. Yeah. Two games in London, obviously two separate stadiums, but again, 
time change. Don't have to worry about it because you're there for two weeks. Huge fucking difference. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Uh, all right. That is it for today. Thank you, Brandon, uh, for joining us. And I assume we'll, we'll figure something out for Thursday, uh, depending on how the game goes. But I'm, I'm excited for us to do the Pock Cookies game of the week and all the games of the week on Thursday or Friday at the very least. But uh, thank you for joining me, Brandon, and we'll see you all later in the week. Yes, sir. Take care, Rob, and take care, everybody else. It's always fun. Always a fun time. Have a great night, everybody.